Oh, hey. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Cocti Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and photocopy guy here at fortner.com. But don't ask me to collate anything. I draw the line at collation. You might have seen me as the DM for Quest for the Cure, or Ice Holes Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, or Sailing on the SS Failboat with Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. Or both. Both works for me, but really, whatever works for you is fine. We've got lots of interesting news this week, so let's get into it. Okay, the first big news is that the Quest for the Cure returns. Join DDAL admin Amy Lynn DeZura, Squad Up Ambassador Eric Morden, Star Wars game producer Blair Brown, comedian Emma Wakelin, and Forgotten Realms creator and D&D legend Ed Greenwood on April 24th. The game starts at 8pm Eastern Time, 5pm Pacific, on twitch.tv slash teamsquadup. Feedback has been great on our so- show so far, and we've raised $16,000 for Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy to date. But that's maybe not the most exciting part. It's that you can join us. That's right, anyone who donates $25 between now and April 21st is eligible to win a seat at this table. And, unlike before, for every $25 you donate, you'll earn an additional chance to win. So stick that in your tower and roll it. Our guest Curtis was an amazing addition to our third game, and I'm sure you will be too. You can find all the information you need on jessiesjourney.com slash questforthecure. I'll put the link in the show notes. We're excited to see you. Please, donate if you can. Also, I'm excited to share that Legendary Pants will be serving not only as our presenting sponsor for Quest for the Cure for this entire year, but for the entire Squad Up event. They've been in our corner from almost the very beginning, and their generosity in supporting Duchenne muscular dystrophy research has been incredible. Their hashtag Windice Kickstarter is still going. You have just over two days to back it. The latest campaign is a collection of dice based on the colors of your favorite beverages. Um, do you prefer white or red? Uh, perhaps I could interest you in some mead or, or bourbon. Oh, you're driving? Maybe just a Shirley Temple then. Look, Legendary Pants are full of wonderful human beings. Please consider supporting their campaign, or sharing the link if you can't afford to support it. I'll put it in the show notes, but please check it out if you can. Another big piece of news in the streaming space is the Black Dice Society. It had its premiere episode this past week. The Black Dice Society is an official D&D stream set in the horror setting of Ravenloft. Getting an amazing cast to play in the Domains of Dread in advance of the new setting book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, launching on May 18th, is some really good synergy from Wizards of the Coast. A lot of the characters include options from the new guide too, to showcase them in advance of the book's launch. The DM for the stream is tabletop RPG legend B. Dave Walters. Walters could best be known as the writer of D&D A Darkened Wish for IDW, as Freely on Heroes of the Plains, or as Baron Victor Temple on the Vampire the Masquerade show LA by Night. He was also the lead designer on Into the Motherlands, and he of course appeared in Episode 2 of Quest for the Cure as Strix, the Eladrin assassin helping us raise more than $1,000. The cast of the Black Dice Society includes Becca Scott from Geek and Sundry and the Good Times Society as Tatiana, an Air Genasi barbarian from a now-destroyed noble house, DJ Knight 
from Into the Motherlands, plays Desmond. He's a curse of lycanthropy, and he's begun to embrace his bestial nature for a common good. Mark Meir, who's perhaps best known as the male version of Shepard in the Mass Effect trilogy, plays Brother Uriah. He was born in one of the Domains of Dread and is a devotee of Ezra, who provided protection to his family during the dark times of his upbringing. Noura Ibrahim is known for her roles as Eve on L.A. by Night, as Merelda from Realmsmith's Into the Mist, and Knox from Cyberpunk Red, mastered by Maximum Mike Pondsmith himself. Noura plays Nahara, whose true origins are a mystery. She's found herself woken from an endless nightmare, but something feels wrong if only she could remember what. Sage Ryan from Pixel Circus plays Valentine, a socialite and princess of a shady business empire. Her family is killed and she was reanimated and now shares her mind with an aberrant spirit, giving her great new powers. But those new powers do not come without consequence. Tanya DePass, also known as Cypher of Tear, is the founder and director of I Need Diverse Games and the creative director for Into the Motherlands. She's also, of course, a member of the Rivals of Waterdeep live play stream. Tanya plays Fen, a drow, who's touched by the Dampier lineage. She was driven to the surface by fear of those around her and what they might do as her bloodline emerged more prominently. You can follow the Society on Twitter, at the Black Dice SOC. They've also partnered with Die Hard Dice to create unique dice sets modeled on each character. I'll include the links to those in the show notes and to their Patreon as well. And finally, Jasper's Game Week is starting in just under a month, and some of their first round of seat auctions are closing in the next day, that's less than 24 hours from now. You could bid to win a seat to play with Jason Azevedo from Realmsmith, or even Deborah Ann Wall. It's not too late, but it's almost too late, so don't delay too much. I'll put a link to those auctions in the show notes. Alright, so I'm really excited to talk to you about my guests today. They're Adam Bradford and Peter Romanesco from Demiplane. Demiplane is an RPG platform that takes your alt-tabbing to a minimum because it includes integrated voice and video chat uh, and shared journaling, so your notes exist digitally from one session to the next, unlike Zoom, which clears the chat. Its most interesting feature might be the matchmaking. It allows players and DMs to connect with each other and, and find games that they would find interesting. You can take a quick survey about the type of games you like. And, for example, if you like combat-heavy games, the matchmaking feature will steer you clear of heavy social games and so on. It all sounds pretty cool, and, in fact, it inspired me to try and find a Star Wars Saga Edition game on the platform. Uh, I have players, so if any listeners want to serve as our GM, please do hit me up. Y'all probably already know Adam Bradford is one of the founders of D&D Beyond, but he's currently the chief development officer for the tabletop startup. And of course, he's one of the faces of the flagship show Heroes of the Plains, which brings back all your favorites, Alindra, Feely, Penelope, and all the rest. It's a fun show, and it's sponsored by our amazing friends at Talon and Claw. Peter Romanesco is the CEO and co-founder of Demiplane. He's been all over the world as an executive in finance, but he decided to start a tabletop RPG company because it's what he loves doing. I hope you enjoy my chat with Adam and Peter as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, thanks so much for joining me today on the Cocktie Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. 
In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and photocopy guy here at fortner.com. But don't ask me to collate anything. I draw the line at collation. You might have seen me as the DM for Quest for the Cure, or Ice Holes Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, or sailing on the SS Failboat with Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. Or both. Both works for me, but really, whatever works for you is fine. We've got lots of interesting news this week, so let's get into it. Okay, the first big news is that the quest for the cure returns. Join DDAL admin Amy Lynn DeZura, Squad Up Ambassador Eric Morden, Star Wars game producer Blair Brown, comedian Emma Wakelin, and Forgotten Realms creator and D&D legend Ed Greenwood on April 24th. The game starts at 8pm Eastern Time, 5pm Pacific, on twitch.tv slash teamsquadup. Feedback has been great on our so- show so far, and we've raised $16,000 for Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy to date. But that's maybe not the most exciting part. It's that you can join us. That's right, anyone who donates $25 between now and April 21st is eligible to win a seat at this table. And, unlike before, for every $25 you donate, you'll earn an additional chance to win. So stick that in your tower and roll it. Our guest Curtis was an amazing addition to our third game, and I'm sure you will be too. You can find all the information you need on jessiesjourney.com slash questforthecure. I'll put the link in the show notes. We're excited to see you. Please, donate if you can. Also, I'm excited to share that Legendary Pants will be serving not only as our presenting sponsor for Quest for the Cure for this entire year, but for the entire Squad Up event. They've been in our corner from almost the very beginning, and their generosity in supporting Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy Research has been incredible. Their hashtag Windice Kickstarter is still going. You have just over two days to back it. The latest campaign is a collection of dice based on the colors of your favorite beverages. Um, do you prefer white or red? Uh, perhaps I could interest you in some mead or, or bourbon. Oh, you're driving? Maybe just a Shirley Temple then. Look, Legendary Pants are full of wonderful human beings. Please consider supporting their campaign, or sharing the link if you can't afford to support it. I'll put it in the show notes, but please check it out if you can. Another big piece of news in the streaming space is the Black Dice Society. It had its premiere episode this past week. The Black Dice Society is an official D&D stream set in the horror setting of Ravenloft. Getting an amazing cast to play in the Domains of Dread in advance of the new setting book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, launching on May 18th, is some really good synergy from Wizards of the Coast. A lot of the characters include options from the new guide too, to showcase them in advance of the book's launch. The DM for the stream is tabletop RPG legend B. Dave Walters. Walters could best be known as the writer of D&D A Darkened Wish for IDW, as Freely on Heroes of the Plains, or as Baron Victor Temple on the Vampire the Masquerade show LA by Night. He was also the lead designer on Into the Motherlands, and he of course appeared in Episode 2 of Quest for the Cure as Strix, the Eladrin assassin helping us raise more than $1,000. The cast of the Black Dice Society includes Becca Scott from Geek and Sundry and the Good Times Society as Tatiana, an Air Genasi barbarian from a now-destroyed noble house. DJ Knight, from Into the Motherlands, plays Desmond. He's a curse of lycanthropy, 
and he's begun to embrace his bestial nature for common good. Mark Meir, who's perhaps best known as the male version of Shepard in the Mass Effect trilogy, plays Brother Uriah. He was born in one of the Domains of Dread and is a devotee of Ezra, who provided protection to his family during the dark times of his upbringing. Noura Ibrahim is known for her roles as Eve on L.A. by Night, as Merelda from Realmsmith's Into the Mist, and Knox from Cyberpunk Red, mastered by Maximum Mike Pondsmith himself. Noura plays Nahara, whose true origins are a mystery. She's found herself woken from an endless nightmare, but something feels wrong if only she could remember what. Sage Ryan from Pixel Circus plays Valentine, a socialite and princess of a shady business empire. Her family is killed and she was reanimated and now shares her mind with an aberrant spirit, giving her great new powers. But those new powers do not come without consequence. Tanya DePass, also known as Cypher of Tear, is the founder and director of I Need Diverse Games and the creative director for Into the Motherlands. She's also, of course, a member of the Rivals of Waterdeep live play stream. Tanya plays Fen, a drow, who's touched by the Dampier lineage. She was driven to the surface by fear of those around her and what they might do as her bloodline emerged more prominently. You can follow the Society on Twitter, at the Black Dice SOC. They've also partnered with Die Hard Dice to create unique dice sets modeled on each character. I'll include the links to those in the show notes and to their Patreon as well. And finally, Jasper's Game Week is starting in just under a month, and some of their first round of seat auctions are closing in the next day, that's less than 24 hours from now. You could bid to win a seat to play with Jason Azevedo from Realmsmith, or even Deborah Ann Wall. It's not too late, but it's almost too late, so don't delay too much. I'll put a link to those auctions in the show notes. Alright, so I'm really excited to talk to you about my guests today. They're Adam Bradford and Peter Romanesco from Demiplane. Demiplane is an RPG platform that takes your alt-tabbing to a minimum because it includes integrated voice and video chat uh, and shared journaling, so your notes exist digitally from one session to the next, unlike Zoom, which clears the chat. Its most interesting feature might be the matchmaking. It allows players and DMs to connect with each other and, and find games that they would find interesting. You can take a quick survey about the type of games you like. And, for example, if you like combat-heavy games, the matchmaking feature will steer you clear of heavy social games and so on. It all sounds pretty cool, and, in fact, it inspired me to try and find a Star Wars Saga Edition game on the platform. Uh, I have players, so if any listeners want to serve as our GM, please do hit me up. Y'all probably already know Adam Bradford is one of the founders of D&D Beyond, but he's currently the chief development officer for the tabletop startup. And of course, he's one of the faces of the flagship show Heroes of the Plains, which brings back all your favorites, Alindra, Feely, Penelope, and all the rest. It's a fun show, and it's sponsored by our amazing friends at Talon and Claw. Peter Romanesco is the CEO and co-founder of Demiplane. He's been all over the world as an executive in finance, but he decided to start a tabletop RPG company because it's what he loves doing. I hope you enjoy my chat with Adam and Peter as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Hey, Adam. Hey, Peter. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Hey, Gary. So I always like to ask people this question uh, because I love to know where they came from in their tabletop experience. So what was your first 
experience with Dungeons and Dragons? Peter, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So for Dungeons and Dragons, I specifically remember being at my friend's house and um, we were actually finishing playing a computer game called uh, Escape Velocity Nova okay. on their Mac. And it was like, oh, that was super cool. And then uh, it was a single player game. So we had to wait our turn to play. We would switch on the computer. <laughs> and I found this book that they had. And it was uh, D&D was 3.5. I didn't know at the time, but it was Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. And I was reading through it. And I specifically remember seeing the equipment page. Mm -hmm. And it had all of the swords and the maces and like, the you know, all these awesome weapons. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And so that kind of turned into our first game of D&D. Of &D. My character was a, a paladin named Zenith because mm -hmm. that was the brand of the TV in the room. <laughs> okay. uh, and I was trying to figure out like, what's that going to be, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, so that turned into our, our first game. Um, but where I really like really dove in was with Star Wars, the D20 edition. Mm -hmm. um, that was uh, something that got put together by, by Wizards of the Coast a while back. Um, and man, we dove so hard. Like my friends and I dove so hard into that. There were there was some pretty amazing uh some pretty amazing stuff that happened and that's also where i became the game master for the rest of my life basically was in star wars i played like one game of D D and then was a game master for the rest of my life doing star wars games so so yeah so, so i have a very vivid memory of zenith it's it's really before <laughs> we get to before we get to adam's story i it's really important for you to ask is it the star wars d20 or was it star wars saga edition Oh boy, I think it's con I think it's considered Saga Edition. I have the books. Let me look. Yeah, yeah, I, have, sure. I still have the books here. I'm not even kidding you. So um, I don't know if people will be able to see. So here's the Galactic Campaign Guide. Okay. Yep. So this is the it's the Star that's the, Wars. That's the D20 system. That's... Role playing game. The yeah. D20 system. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. they later called it the and Saga so, Edition when yeah. they kind of collected. They and later named it the it. Saga Edition. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's um, I, I only mention it because I maintain this. It is my favorite RPG that Wizards has ever produced, Saga Edition. And I actually was interviewing Chris Perkins at one point, and I happened to mention that not knowing or not not connecting that he was actually the designer of Star Wars Saga Edition. So anyway, sorry. Um, was he really? Yeah, he really no. was. <laughs> I, I, I actually awesome. will concur that I believe that the Star Wars Saga Edition is likely their best thing that they've put out. So I, 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 yeah. I, I, I agree I, with that completely. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah we, I played Star Wars for that was like my in. That was my in because my parents, my parents were kind of like, oh, like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I've heard about that. Um, but like Star Wars, I mean, I had toy Rancors at home. I would shove my, I'd shove my toys like my little army men like into the Rancors mouse. I'd seen Return of the Jedi. Um, so like Star Wars was free game, you know. That that was fine. But Dungeons and Dragons was like, oh, I had to go to my friend's house and play that in secret, you know. Um, so yeah. So that that's my that's my fun uh, fun origin story. It's fun thinking about it. That's awesome, Adam. What about you? What was your first experience with Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. So talking about playing in secret, uh, the Satanic Panic was real. Um, where I, uh, if you can't tell from the accent, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. I've been around this area my entire life, and this right in the heart of the Bible Belt, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was something that you just weren't allowed to play. And, uh, and so it was, uh, you know, a long, long time before I actually ended up playing D&D. &D. But what was fascinating about it is my parents let me watch the Saturday morning cartoon. And so my first exposure to Dungeons and Dragons was, you know, being on a uh, carnival ride and getting sucked into a magical faraway land. And, and so um, I loved it at that point in time. 
time. And um, so one of the really interesting things when I think about it now is even through grade school, as I was coming up through, I ended up in, uh, you know, free time in between classes and things, drawing maps on graph paper and running friends through adventures that at the time I had no idea that it was very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. But, um, you know, it was like we, we weren't rolling dice, but it was like pick a number between one and a hundred. And, and, you know, it's like, it, depending on what, how close you got to what I was thinking, that's whether you succeeded or failed, you know? And so, uh, so I was, uh, I was playing these games before I was even playing these games. Um, and so uh, eventually got, uh, I, I would say the first RPG experience was The Legend of Zelda in video game form. But then I really, really started asking questions when I got to the original Diablo. And um, so I, I was playing the original Diablo and I was like, this is, you know, you're building a character, you're, you're leveling this character up. This is the greatest thing ever. And so at the time, kind of ironically, a student minister at a church that um, I, I was in was, uh, you know, kind of whispering in the, in the back hallways about, you know, hey, we should, you know, play role-playing games. And, um, and very similar to Peter here, uh, we ended up uh, starting with Star Wars. Now uh, I'm a little bit older, so you know it's uh, Star Wars D6 uh, Western Games yeah. version is is where yeah, I started. Games version, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so you know j- just throwing down you know two fistfuls of of uh, D6 dice and and slamming into the table. But um, but yeah, we we started playing that, and I immediately fell in love with it. I played about four sessions before they roped me into running the game, of course. And um and so then I was uh, you know game mastering uh, all. All the way through there and i actually um you know at that point in time playing star wars D was still pretty off limits but then we um we ended up having to go elsewhere to a friend's house and uh, that same uh, student minister introduced me to uh, AD&D mm-hmm. and we actually were playing Dragonlance. So that was my first time playing D&D. Cool. And uh, I will never forget this either. This is kind of like, you know, going to play golf and hitting a hole in one the first time that you do it. But yeah. we were we were rolling for ability scores and I ended up playing a paladin as well, um, a, a Knight of the Rose. And, uh, and basically, um, as I was rolling for that paladin strength, I got the 18 double zero. Oh, it was the l- luckiest roll imaginable. And again, it kind of like if you hit that hole in one the first time you play golf, you're going to chase that high for the rest of your life and probably mm-hmm. never do it again. <laughs> um, and, and never so, looked back. <laughs> yeah, and so that, that, that was it. And, uh, and I did, I, I played a paladin as well. Uh, first, uh, I still play a lot of paladins. I love, I love that, uh, that concept of that kind of class, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't until, um, you know, probably several years later that I was able to uh, feel better about more openly saying, I, you know, I was finally in college and, uh, and and I didn't really care what everybody around me had to had to say about it and started yeah. uh, more openly playing D&D. Um, I, I, it's interesting. All the people who are leaders in the tabletop space, a lot of them, more than you'd expect, are forever, forever DMs getting roped into <laughs> DMing so early. And I, I just find that interesting that everybody's sort of taken this similar path in in tabletop games. It's like, yeah, I played for a while, but then they made me made me DM, or I didn't have anybody to play with, so I was the DM. And I brought all these people together. It's it's um, it's very interesting to me. This is all it's all just a ploy, Gary, to finally get a chance to play it. Because like in our free time, we're always the DM. So if you make it your profession, then maybe during your job you can find time to play. It's like exactly, you're just constantly <laughs> searching for a way to play for once. 
or you become successful enough. The dream is you become successful oh. enough to oh. hire the dungeon master. And all it's we like, want, all we want to do is play. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all everybody wants. Exactly. <laughs> really simple. <laughs> so, so Peter, you're one of the two founders of Demiplane along with uh, Travis Frederick and, yeah. and Adam, of course, you were, it was recently announced that you were joining Demiplane as the chief development officer. So I'd like you both to tell me a little bit about what Demiplane is and Peter, for you, why did you decide to start the company and Adam, why did you decide to join? Yeah. Yeah. So for us, you know, where it all started. So Travis and I have been friends forever. Um, so Travis family, my family grew up right across the street from each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we grew up about 15 minutes out from Lake Geneva, um, which is kind of where the whole tabletop right. role-playing yeah. game started. So we were really like in it, you know, right, right from the start. And, um, and, you know, it, you have, you probably met Travis, but like, he's built a little bit differently than I am. Um, and mm -hmm. he's like very, very strong <laughs> with a great beard and, uh, and played, you know, had a great <laughs> career in the NFL and, uh, and just went off and did his thing. I went off and did my thing in the, in the business world after, after college. And, uh, and we stayed connected with all of our friends playing these games. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we, like, we still play Star Wars fifth edition on a regular basis. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's just a, and it's a fun 5e, uh, thing that they have online, sw5e.com. Um, it's just a fun, fun game. That's how we met Adam was playing Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that for us is like, we've used this as a way to stay in touch for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted to try to find, uh, as I just said, we wanted to try to find somebody to run a game because I was, um, I was the game master forever. And Trav and his brothers and our friends were like, hey, you know, you should play with us. Like, let's find a game master. You should play with us. And so we started down this path. And, and that's where we, uh, we had a few hits early, but like there were enough enough instances where there just wasn't a strong fit between the the game master and our group where it was mm -hmm. like okay you know this is this is a little bit harder than we than we thought like this is this is pretty complicated um you know it's a it's a we kind of felt like we were fishing and it was just like you know i, I don't know like it's got to be a better way for this um you know and so that's where it started mm -hmm. you know it really started at, at that level and for us what it's turned into is you know really for us it's this kind of you know expanding platform where you can come in and kind of bring your group together and uh, start thinking about how to play games in a little bit different way. And so for us, you know, we, we like to manage um, kind of before the game, during the game and after the game is kind of how we think about things. Mm -hmm. And so for us, you know, when we started, it was absolutely about, okay, well, how do you get a game up and running? Like before we even go after those three things, how do you just find, find people to play with and, and find someone to run a game for you? Or if you have the time to run a game, how do you go out and find players to, to connect with you? And so that's where we started. But that's the origin story. I mean, it really was a, a personal story. Like, Hey, we want to do this. And it's just like, man, this, this was rough. Like this was a rough experience. You know, probably took three or four shots before we found someone that we, that we, uh, we both mutually really liked and we're like, there's gotta be a better way. And, and so we just started to, to build one. Mm. So that's, that was kind of where it started. And that was in, you know, I think we are, are kind of, we launched um, out of beta in June and then our, our, all the stuff that you see today, the video and the, and the audio platform and the, that stuff all was in December, right, um, right. just a few months ago. So, so yeah, so that's where, that's where our origin story was, but Adam, Adam had, uh, came in a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, for me, uh, started Dandy beyond. And of course, uh, was operating that for, uh, a few years here. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that 
just, uh, you know, their seasons in life is, is something that as I, I'm, I'm approaching my 40th birthday, and so I'm going to, you know, throw pearls of wisdom out there because I'm an old ancient <laughs> fossil now. Um, but, uh, but ultimately, uh, as I think about it, one of the things that I've seen is there really are just seasons in life. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that uh, it was an incredibly exciting season, um, you know, founding D&D Beyond and, and, you know, what has happened and, and really just the, the way that it has changed the uh you know face of the industry and in, in um you know a few years here and and i think that um as i started thinking about what the next season of life was going to be um you know it was uh it, it was kind of time for me to move on and one of the things that I was really really looking for was uh being able to uh kind of change the kinds of challenges that um that you know i had kind of on a daily basis and you know as, as you start something and as you're getting something off the ground and um as, as you're making things um that a, a lot of times is different than when something is very established uh, you know it's, it's it's not necessarily better or worse it's just different kinds of challenges and and for me i was really wanted to get back to a place where I could make things and make things happen. And, um, and that was what was really, really exciting as I started to kind of, you know, look out across the space and see, you know, where are there gaps and where are there places that I can apply my go-gettingness, um, you know, uh, to, to, you know, really, really make an impact because at, at the heart of this, um, I really do believe that the world would just be a better place if everybody in the world played these kinds of games uh, because it's like our primal connection to storytelling, um, the, uh, you know, how collaborative these games are. And, and seriously, I have never seen human beings play these games together and then walk away uh you know from that experience uh worse off than than when they started and so i really do want to see more and more people playing these games and so again as i'm looking at these gaps out there of like you know where where, where are things missing that will help reduce the barrier of entry that will help make this more and more convenient and help bring new players into the game and help delight people who have been playing these games for years. This is where Demiplane really started, you know, standing out to me. And so I uh, met Peter and Travis, uh, you know, just through uh, some mutual uh, acquaintances. And uh, we did, we started playing some Star Wars, uh, you know, fifth edition for, uh, for, for several weeks. And, um, and then it was essentially like, Hey, you know, I like where Demi plane, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is, you know, really, really just kind of starting this thing out, but I love where it's starting from and I love where this could go. And so that um, it, it was the right kinds of challenges. And uh, again, I think it's going to make a really, really big impact as we really get further down the, the road of where we're going. And I think, not that it's a positive ever that the pandemic, but the pandemic has shown that people can connect in these types of games from different places. So wow. there's going to be a lot like, so for example, um, I run a club called Geeks United here in Toronto. We've got like 3000 members. We started I love that name. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Um, we started doing a D and D night. Uh, we were, we got up to eight tables a night, uh, eight tables a week. And then awesome. the pandemic happened. Uh, and now uh, it's sort of transitioned. It's it's being run as a sister group organization, but they now have 55% of their people who aren't even Canadian. 55% of mm. our population isn't even Canadian. So how do we continue serving this 
So this is the type of tool that, that we're going to need to continue that. Um, so I do want to follow up on one quick thing. What does a chief development officer do, Adam? Because I don't, because I, I mean, it sounds like a cool title, but what does it, what does it actually mean? Yeah, the the title, uh, you know, just just figuring out titles is always hard, especially when you've got a very small company uh, like we are right now. And so mm -hmm. ultimately, uh, you know, the way that we like to talk about this internally is we're bringing together a Voltron uh, that that really complements each other. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, Travis, um, it, it's truly amazing to me anytime that I talk to Travis about. Uh, you know, NFL superstar. He's you know been to I don't even know how many Pro Bowls and and, and everything else was the team like, captain like, for. It's like seven, you know, yeah, or something. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's like it's a ridiculous oh, I, amount. I've, yeah. I haven't even watched seven Pro Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he probably hasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But but uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know to just hear him tell the story of um, you know, hey, I I went and did this football thing to uh, you know take advantage of an opportunity that you just really can't uh, turn down. But really, what I wanted to do was work in technology, and so um, you know, he he's just uh, so sharp. And, uh, and so talented when it comes to, um, you know, all of those elements of what we're doing. Peter's got a storied history and, uh, you know, uh, 180 countries or wh whatever the number is, you know, he's been all over. <laughs> I think he's there been, only are like 180. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. But, um, but yeah, you know, globe trotting and, uh, and, you know, so obviously, um, you know, I've got a background in, in what I've been doing with, mm. uh, you know, DDB in the space. And so I think that coming together, um, there's a partnership there and, and again, just an integration uh, to where we are uh, really, really strong and we cover a lot of, uh, right. of, of gaps and areas that, that each other has. And so I think that, um, you know, thinking about the, the titling, you know, Peter's the CEO. Uh, Travis is the CTO, and and even that was a little hard to arrive at because you know <laughs> we we all have to wear many many hats. Mm -hmm. And so as we were thinking about what I was going to be doing, I was going to be you know uh, involved in uh, product. I was going to be involved in marketing, involved in community, involved in uh, you know uh, content and the creative behind you know what's going on there. And so um, it it really is just kind of a wide berth of what's going on. And so we were trying to find a, a title that that seem to, to fit that. And ultimately development is a good one because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for growth, uh, growth of the platform, growth of our community um, and, and all of the, the things that would be required to make that happen. And again, we, we need product to make that happen. We need content to make that happen. And, um, and we need, you know, uh, to build a community out there. And so these are the things that I would say, you know, especially in my recent history with D&D Beyond, those are the things that I enjoyed the most and uh, the things that I think, uh, you know, went pretty well. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, growing and, and, and doing mm -hmm. similar things here for DemiClan. Yeah. And, and there's, there's something I want to, I want to talk a little bit about growth because obviously in the last month or two, especially Demi plane has seen a significant uptick uh, in attention, particularly for the broader community who who may not have been familiar with it during early access and and the early part of the year but I want to follow up on one thing because I think it's important um, we talked a little bit about recruitment and why why you started demiplane in it I think it's a fundamental part of 
what makes Demiplane different is sort of the dungeon finder aspect of being able to connect with people to play a game or particularly for people who live in small towns who may not know people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about how the recruitment feature works and how it will benefit players because I think it's really important. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, So we do have, you know, so one, uh, when you start a a profile on Demiplane, we ask you two really simple questions, which is one, um, what do you like? You know, what are the themes that you like? Do you like playing combat? You like the idea of combat, social storytelling? Do you want your story to be front and center? You know, we go through and ask these questions and it's just a simple slider that you can go through and, mm-hmm. and you know, lay out. And we ask there, about puzzles and I puzzles, always say, Adam, say no to puzzles. Adam <laughs> despises puzzles. Friends don't um, let friends do puzzles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Adam. Adam doesn't let friends do puzzles. Um, and, uh, and once we're through there, we just ask, you know, how experienced are you? You know, it, it's and and I think our most advanced option is uh, my minis have minis, yep. and our our basic option is you know I'm looking forward to playing more. And so you know it's just one of those things where just to get a little bit of an understanding of where where people are, and then um, the algorithm that we have matches folks to um, to game masters, and and says okay well game masters can say yep this game is um, here's how this game is played here is um, I'm, I'm open for new players. You know, some game masters don't want to have new players in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm open for new players and here's the days that I'm, I'm looking for. And then we let people search through a variety of different things and filter through things. So, so that's the searching side. And, and we do have a more uh, advanced feature and it's ironically, it's called recruitment. Okay. And, um, and what recruitment does is you can, in your profile, like when you can sign up with DemiPoint, if you don't find something that you like right away, um, you can go in and say, well, listen, I like playing these games. I like playing, um, you know, I like playing Lancer RPG. I like playing Dungeons and Dragons and I like playing, you know, say I'm a, I'm a Pathfinder. I'm a Pathfinder fan. So I like playing Pathfinder 2E. And so, um, you know, you, you list, I want to play those games and I'm available on, you know, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights and Saturday nights. And you just say, boom, 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 I'm here. And, um, and I hit save. And now as people go through and as a game master creates their adventure, and says like, I'm gonna create a Lancer game and I'm gonna make it on Thursday night, that player will show up and the game master and the player can connect and determine if they're a good fit and if they wanna play. It doesn't automatically put them in the portal and they must play. It's just a, hey, like you've been recruited, you can go talk to the game master and see if it's a good fit. And so then that, that shows up for the, the game master can see that that player is interested. So that's our recruitment feature, which actually does allow for people to almost like passively keep their, keep their hands out there trying to see if there's something that uh, someone might be interested in. And that's been a lot of fun to see that work out and play out. I think uh, something that I would add to that too is, is just this concept that especially as groups are transitioning to online play more than ever before. And, you know, fingers crossed, we are getting closer to, to, you know, the end of this pandemic and, and things returning to whatever normal on the other side of this looks like. And, uh, you know, but as we've been going through this, people are going to keep in mind the lessons that they've learned. I've talked to so many people and, and I've seen research into this even uh, where, uh, you know, people are saying that, you know, hey, did you play in person games before? And they say, yes. Do you plan to play in person games after this? They say yes. But then, uh, you know, did, did you play online before? No. Do you plan to play online after? Yes. You know, and so I think that uh, people are going to keep in mind the lessons that we've learned during this very difficult time because these games have been a bright spot um, that ha- have brought a lot of joy in this really, really challenging time. And so I think that, uh, you know, one of the best things about Demi playing for me is that 
we can pull existing groups. So you don't have to do this recruitment part of this. It's very, very easy to just get the group that you're already playing into uh, in here. And it's going to help you organize that. It's going to help you uh, get everybody in one place. It's going to allow you to see each other. Um, and, um, and But then while you're also seeing the video, you're going to be able to take shared notes where everybody's uh, going to see it on the screen. You can screen share uh, a map or a grid that you're using. So trying to get all those things in one place where you can focus on each other while you're playing the games instead of alt tabbing all over the place like yeah. uh, you know a lot of people uh, have, have kind of uh, been doing as as we're learning to play these things online is a big deal and one of the things that we've seen is as those groups transition they might lose a few people because you know uh, uh, adults a lot of times have scheduling conflicts and things that come up and so that ability for a group of four people to find that one extra person um, is is a really really interesting thing and and you know a lot of times that when when you're just looking on Reddit that can be a little bit of a scary process, right? You know, but it's like within Demiplane, that two, uh, two key turn uh, nature of what we're doing here, where it's like, hey, we are looking for one or two more players and then people can, you know, essentially uh, express their interest in that. And then both uh, both parties have to have to agree that, hey, yeah, this this looks great. That kind of thing is going to be really, really great. It's, it's like, it reminds me of the World of Warcraft days where, you know, I was a tank and I never had problems getting a game ever, which was a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But then it always seemed like we needed that one other DPS and we were looking for, you know, an hour for that 30 minute dungeon. Um, and so th this is kind of, you know, helping bridge those kind of gaps when people even want to expand their existing groups. Yeah. And um, I, I, you know, full disclosure, I did join uh, Demiplane to do some research before before we did the interview. Uh, and now that we're talking about it, I'm going to be looking for a Star Wars Saga Edition game. There you go. <laughs> so this is like, it's just bringing every, everybody together. Um, I, might, I, I might end up playing with you because I, like I said, I, I love that one. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So good. Um, okay. So the, 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 obviously bringing Adam was, was a massive splash for Demiplane. And you'd obviously, you had 2000 people in early access. So you, you, you were, you were successful, but it, I, I, it was where I noticed you when, when mm -hmm. Adam signed on. And shortly after that, you announced Heroes of the Plains, which obviously increased the amount of, um, of attention Demiplane was getting. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the origin of that. Where did the idea for bringing these heroes together? Because a lot of people after the shows on D&D Beyond ended thought that it was going to be the end for these characters. And as both of you know, uh, particularly you, there's a, uh, Adam, there's a lot of, a lot of people who really loved this group. So I'd love to know where did the idea come from? How did you do it? And like, that's basically my question. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, ultimately I'll, I'll start with i just love playing with this group of of individuals and uh and it, it really has been just incredibly wonderful to get to know all of them over the last several years and to get to play with them and as i've alluded to i think the world will be a better place i i, I think that you get to know people in such deeper ways when you're playing these games mm -hmm. uh, with them as well. And so I, uh, I really would, you know, step in front of a bus uh, for any uh, of these people. And the primary way that I know them is through playing these games, which, yeah. uh, you know, I, I find that just so fascinating. And so uh, 
uh, th- that is really where it started. I just wanted to get the band back together in a lot of ways because it was really, really wonderful to play with them. And, and, and I think that, you know, one of the really important call outs here is um, as I was initially setting up what became these shows when I was uh, in, in the former life there, it was really important to make sure that ownership of characters uh, was something that the players retained throughout that. And that's one of the big reasons you're going to see these characters popping up in video games, you know, idle champions of the forgotten realms and so on is because those uh, players, the creators behind those characters retain control of, you know, what, what's happening with those characters. And so knowing that uh, everyone, you know, was, was free and clear to uh, use those characters in, in various expressions and knowing that those shows had wound down, uh, you know, those, those uh, couple of iterations of that. And as we started thinking through, you know, we are really in a phase right now for this company as we are starting out. As Peter said, we, uh, you know, released what you currently see with Demiplane a couple of days before Christmas last year. And so mm-hmm. it's like we, uh, we really are just starting out. We do want to introduce ourselves and, and we want to uh, establish that, you know, hey, this is a company that is composed of people who are real fans. We are real people who love this space, who love the fans out there. And one of the ways that, uh, you know, I think it made a lot of sense to do that is, is to pull this great group of individuals back together uh, to, to start playing together because yeah, content will be a big part of our strategy going forward. I think we've got a lot of other exciting things that are not content. that are going to be the, the main course, but this, this is something that um, makes a lot of sense for, for us to pull everybody together and, uh, and, and let us play again together. And, and very importantly, use Demiplane. So we're using Demiplane as we're uh, streaming this content. We're uh, dog fooding uh, our, our, our own product and making sure that uh, you know th- th- things are working the way that we want it to. We want to make sure that the latency, because that's really important in remote streaming, yeah. the latency is down. And you know, I'm really pleased to say that we're about three episodes in now and, and things from a technical standpoint have gone incredibly well. And, um, and, you know, we're able to demonstrate um, as our platform is evolving and growing what that platform is doing through a great cast of, of talent um, who just happen to know each other really, really well at this point and who love playing together. Yeah, I've been, um, obviously I'm, it's an incredible cast. I've been fortunate enough to run charity games for both Hope and B-Dave a couple of times. So I've been really lucky to, to have that um, experience. And I think the show is, is really resonating with people. I think the theme of tying it to the planes has, has really resonated with people as well. Um, do you attribute the success of the show uh, just to bringing everybody back together, or is it the the unique spin that you've put on it? What, why do you think that uh, people are so enamored by the concept? Because obviously, you've gotten a lot of views, a lot of people participating in chat over the first few episodes. What 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 do you? Yeah, I, 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 I think I think it's going to be all of the above for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. we we do at the end of the day when it comes to streamed actual play content. It really just doesn't work if the people don't have a chemistry um, yeah. to, to, together. And, and I think that, again, that has been 
earned over the last few years uh, with this cast. We do have a great chemistry. We do have cross-talking, which is kind of the bane of a lot of these shows where, uh, you know, people are kind of talking over each other. But we, because we have played for so long, uh, we, we, we understand uh, the cadence of how that goes, uh, you know, t- together really, really well. And uh, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen still some, but uh, but even when it happens, it typically seems authentic to the character representations that we're putting out there. And so I do think that, you know, the cast has a ton to do with this. And, and that's the reason that, that we're going to bring them in for sure. Yeah. But then I do think that it is a unique spin. I think that uh, shows in today's world it's really really hard like you know there are a lot of people who watch critical role Mm -hmm. that is a very big time investment uh on a weekly basis as you start widening the net and and thinking about other shows out there it is really really challenging to uh kind of invest that kind of time to watch you know a, a whole lot of other shows and so um this idea that we're settling into with this where it's going to be smaller chunks of you know hopping from this plane to the next and and having a little bit of an adventure uh, you know hopefully it's going to provide a way for people to jump in even in the middle and be able to to uh, make sense of what's going on. And so it's kind of some of the serialized content. Uh, one, one of my favorite shows, and, and this one uh, people uh, you know, may, might not expect this, but I'm going to say Person of Interest. Person of Interest mm-hmm. was a great show that demonstrated how you can have serialized content in addition to an ongoing meta plot and, and how you weave those together, uh, you know, deftly. And, and, and so I think that that's the target that we have for the show. And, uh, and then also it's, you know, higher level, like everybody's level 11 right now. Yep. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I don't think we're going to level incredibly quickly, but either way, it's nice to have real abilities for these characters to feel like real heroes. And, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, shows out there, things, uh, the sweet spot is, is around fifth level. And so seeing some of that higher level play, I think is also very appealing. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. And it, the the bite-sized adventures is going to be a big thing we've been ta- I talked about that last week actually about um how to get people engaged in in new shows is it the standard is three to four hours is is it an hour an episode is does that change the dynamic so there's there's a lot of things and I, I find that really interesting so I, final question to both of you what's next is it uh new features for demiplane is it more shows how do you continue the continue the ascent up the rpg mountain is it both is it all of the above and plus yeah so i think for us there's you know there's kind of three things one is you know we're um when it comes to the new shows what we'll the community decide <laughs> i mean it's uh the nice thing about the video platform is that you can use it to uh to start their own so for us you know we have uh we have some good friends that are doing a um a show called second start of the right yes and so mm-hmm. we're excited about that one popping up that's a super it's a very cool idea bringing in the world of, of Neverland and then incorporating tabletop role playing in it. So we're really excited to see that one go. So yep. that's a, that's going to be a fun show. Um, Heroes of the Plains is, I mean, Todd, Todd's stories are like how, I mean, just 
you know, to, to me, like that is multiple games in and of itself. And I, I don't want to, I feel bad. Cause like, I've been trying to talk about this most recent episode and Adam it keeps telling me to stop. Cause I'm going to spoil it for people. <laughs> yeah. We got a spoiler so, conscious. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just like, how, how, like for even from the first to the third episode, like they are each their own show, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's good. So, so that's going to be good. So the, the content stuff for us is, you know, it's, it's, it's great because like Adam said, you know, at the core, it tests the it tests the technology and makes sure that what we're putting out there is a product that that we'd be proud of using. So we want to you know we want to make sure that we're there using it and and that's something that's important for us. Um, and then from the platform itself, you know, for us it's been um, it really comes down to you know how do we make sure that the solution is something that is going to continue to support um, the great community that's on it. And so yeah. we've seen a huge number of people who have come on and have started to play their games and move their groups in here. Um, and really say like, hey, you know, we were using Zoom, we were using Discord, but you know, on Discord, if you, you know, if your if your video session lasts this long, things start getting slow, and the video lags the audio. And on Zoom, you don't, you can't save your, you know, the chats don't save. So if you type something in, you don't save it. So people have been like doing this long enough now, where there's they're starting to see the cracks. And mm -hmm. so that's where for us, like to us, that's where we're trying to fill that need, you know, because our our belief is even after the pandemic, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. You know, people people want to play these games. They've literally taken multiple bricks from different Lego sets to create solutions just to keep their friends together. And now, you know, reality is going to get in the way, whether they can go meet in person or not, they can still play online. They can also play in person. And that's where for us, it's about positioning the solution so that, Hey, if you're, if you're playing online, your journal can still be shared across your whole group on your phone. Right. Um, and if you want to message somebody or, or, or post something in the link in your game chat so everybody can see it, like everybody can have access to that, whether they're at work or, or at home playing these right. games. And if you can't make a game, pop in on, on video or audio and you can be able to play with the group there. And it's all tight. You know, it's all tight to your specific group. Yeah. And so that's for us really is like, how do we go out there and, and position in such a way that, you know, you've got your, your adventure portal really is your own personal demiplane. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's a, the, the secret sauce is actually in the name, you know? Um, and so that's for us, what we, what we strive for is we're thinking about how to make it work. Mm -hmm. And the stream is just a great way to get a bunch of really awesome people who have a long history of playing these games. together. to say like, what would you guys want? Like, what's, what's, what, what do you think, you know, what should we be adding next? Um, and they've been a great source of feedback in addition to the community members that are out there using it every day. So, so yeah, that's where, that's for me, what I think is, is really you know, kind of really important to keep in mind as we start heading forward. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'll jump in there and say that uh, we are going to be introducing some, you know, new types of shows in, in the coming weeks and months. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that we would end up with a development update, uh, you know, Q&A time. And so um, I, I do imagine we'll be uh, introducing that. that. That's something that obviously is pretty in my wheelhouse. And so yeah. we're, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to do that at, at some point for sure. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there are a couple of other ideas that are bouncing around, uh, you know, on the content side that we're not quite ready uh, to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we're not quite uh, ready to talk about, you know, everything that Demiplane is going to do in the future. Um, we, we keep, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, smiling through our teeth and, and, and saying, uh, you know, much, much more to come. But, but I think that the really, really key component that we, you know, will always throw out there is that we are looking to make every part of playing these games better. And, and we are, we're going to keep a finger on the pulse 
of what our uh, community is looking for and, and what they want with that overall goal of getting everybody in the world, you know, to, to play one of these games. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so yeah, I think uh, the, the potential that we have out there and especially with the Voltron that we've assembled here um, I, I'm really, really excited to see, you know, where we're going to go. And, um, and, and I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait for the fans out there to, to see what that journey is going to be like too. And, um, and so, yeah, much, much more to come. And, uh, and, and I, I can't, um, I can't wait to get into it on the, the making things and making things happen side that I was talking about, uh, you know, joining Demiplane. Uh, we're, uh, it's going to be a fantastic voyage. Well, I really want to thank both of you for joining me on this, uh, this early morning, uh, your time. And uh, I, I hope to see you both in this queue for Star Wars Saga edition on Demiplay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks, I'll Gary. keep an eye out. <laughs> Take care. See thank you. All right. Well, that's the Cock Die podcast for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at fortnerd.com. That's at fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. And remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. Thanks, and I look forward to chatting with you again next week.